This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Norcom, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, nor-com.com, GTM Food Group, let's create great dishes together, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, and by MSA Design, design, create, innovate. The Reds Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS, consult, build, transform, support, CBTS.com, Kelsey Chevrolet, from our family to yours, KelseyChev.com, RNL carriers your domestic ltl and offshore shipping provider rlc.com backslash offshore today and by united dairy farmers udf now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipes the reds are on the radio now the reds hot stove league on 700 wlw the home of the reds welcome into the reds hot stove league great to have you with us on this wednesday evening on the first of july with jim day i'm tommy thrall jim Baseball is heating up. Guys are starting to take the field. They've gone through their testing. Summer camp is beginning. And uh, baseball, at last, feels like it is right around the corner. Until told otherwise, let's play ball. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, we will be talking with some folks about Everything that is going into this. Jeff Head, the Senior Director of Health and Performance, will be on a little bit later on in the show. We'll also talk with Charlie Frank. He's the Executive Director of the Reds Community Fund. Uh, of course, a lot of the community fund efforts have been uh, cut because of cancellations this year. Opening day is a big one. We'll talk with him about uh, some, of the, some of the new initiatives that they've had to create to help uh, make up for some of the funds that uh, they would have ordinarily been able to raise and, and exactly what all the Reds Community Fund does. But right now, we are thrilled to be joined by Reds Vice President and General Manager Nick Crawl. Nick, welcome in. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to join us today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Tommy. I'm, I'm thrilled that you're thrilled. <laughs> well, that that makes me so happy. Warms my heart, really, to tell you the truth. Uh, well, I, I, this is I, I can only imagine what this has been like. We we um, talked to Dick Williams last week, but this once everything was announced, I feel like you guys kind of had to hit the ground running and get ready to go in an instant. You had to come up the sixty man roster. Looking it over, it, it looks like for the most part, you guys just took the guys that you had in camp and brought those uh, north to Cincinnati. You've got two different camps going on, the one at Great American Ballpark, another one at Prasco. But uh, what what all goes into that, and, and how quickly did you guys kind of have to get the ball rolling on all that, or was it already pretty much ready to go? I mean, we've, we've been uh, working on this ever since we left camp, first off. Um, you know, we've got a lot of great people working on, on stuff, uh, you know, here, there, and everywhere. But it, it has been a little bit drinking of, from a fire hose, and, and – uh, you know, you're just trying to keep your head above water and making sure that everything that's, that's you know, very important gets done first and, and you know, 
trickles on down from there. So, um, you yeah, know, overall, you know, I think our, our roster, we, 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 uh, we left a couple of spots open, um, you know, to, we could add a player here or there as we work through camp, um, you know, with just the, the, new, the nuances of the rules for, with the 60-man roster, the 40-man roster, and then, and then, you know, your active rosters once you start the season. So um, we, we tried to do that with a lot of different things in mind and, uh, you know, go from there. Nick, you have uh, 57 on your summer camp roster. Did everyone get in today? Today was the official report date and testing. Uh, did everyone make it in? Yeah, we're, we're still um, – we had some flights. That... Working. Guys were staying in shape. Uh, what were some of the things that you guys did over the course of uh, the, this off season, this extended off season, to keep track of guys and, and, and keep keep guys in shape and, for the most part, still game ready as best as possible? Well, I think our coaches know how to use Zoom better than ever. So, um, <laughs> that's first. Oh, we all. <laughs> The, the, you know, I, I, our, I got to really give our, our coaches, major league, minor league, player development staff, uh, David, his, those guys, a lot of credit for what they did. Uh, you know, just connecting with players, not just calling and saying hi, but calling and, and you know, working through workouts, whether it's on, um, um, you know, hey, look, here's, how, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do catching drills and here's some videos. Um, you, you do it via FaceTime. You do it via Zoom. Um, you know, with, with, the, with the pitching guys, same thing, you know, he, he, just uh, working on stuff and setting up cameras in your bullpen and, and, and uh, you know, like having conference calls, whether it's a group conference call or, or smaller, uh, smaller conference calls, individual conference calls, um, you know, as guys worked out because it wasn't easy. I know, I know a, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys uh, get, might not have had a workout partner or they might have had, you know, a workout partner that, that was that was a teammate in high school, and, and that was their throwing partner. So, um, a lot of guys did did a, did a really good job of just making making do with uh, with what the surroundings they had, and, and uh, try to keep in the best shape they possibly could. Nick, you've got that sixty man taxi squad, which you guys have a few spots open, but once you get rolling here, it'll start as a 30 man roster. Now that you have a universal DH and you won't be double switching a bunch. Is it safe to say those extra spots are going to be relievers? I no, I wouldn't say that at all. I, I think, uh, I think there's position players and, and uh, bullpen guys that could fit in, in a variety of, uh, in a variety of ways, um, whether it's taking advantage of matchups, uh, you know, offensively and pinch hitting for guys late in the game that you can keep an extra pinch hitter or, or defensive replacement. Uh, you know, I think you can do a lot of things with those roster spots. Um, you know, you, you're going to, yeah, you're obviously going to keep some extra pitchers, but there's a, uh, there, there's a, you're going to keep some extra position players as well. Um, you know, I think we've got a, a lot of guys that can, uh, you know, with a 30 man roster, you can have a couple more niche players than uh, you were, you were depending on uh, uh, with a 26 man roster, at least for the first 15 days. And, 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 uh, I think you're, you're going you're gonna to see a lot of different things used because of the short season. You know, you might have a pinch runner for 15 days where 
you might not have been able to have the, have the luxury of carrying that guy uh, in the past. Is it more of a situation where you're just really trying to focus on the 30 best players? Uh, and is there any concern of, you know, say – you know, say you did want to add a couple of pitchers. Do, do you run the risk, or is there enough depth there to where you don't have to worry about watering down a, a bullpen or uh, a pitching staff or or the, your bench, for that matter? Yeah, I mean, look, I think obviously if, if it's 30 over 26, you got four extra spots to play with. Um, you know, taking a niche player that, you know, you might have a guy who's a who's a right-handed hitter against left-handed pitching, or you might have a guy who's a left-handed hitter against right-handed pitching, and, and you might say, okay, well, I got an extra pinch hitting spot at the end of the end of the game. You know, you might have an extra lefty because you've got a team that will run out a bunch of lefties at the start of the season. And you want to take that guy and, and just, just as an extra guy to, uh, to give, uh, to give your left lefties a day off early and, and see what happens. I, I think you can do a lot of things with those spots. Um, I don't think you're going to see um, much that's watered down just because, well, this, I mean, the guys that are going to play on that 30 man roster, you would have seen in the big leagues anyways. Looking at the 57-man roster that you, you're going in with, Nick, uh, pretty safe to say you focus on more big league ready now players, a few prospects sprinkled in. Uh, where would the prospects fit into the equation? And, uh, again, you focus more on the big league ready now because of the 60-game sprint. I, I think we try to do we we, we try to do um, balance it out a little bit with with you know having some prospects on that roster, um, but also you know look we're we're in this to, to, to go out and try to win this and and, uh, and see what happens and so the the most quality major league depth you can have the, the better off we're going to be. Now with that said, you have to develop your prospects. How how can you you know bringing a guy like Nick Lodolo to uh, to camp, you know, getting him innings is not only going to prepare him for right now, it's going to prepare him for down the road and build up his innings and, and see what we're, um, what we have, what we've got. But, you know, there, there's, there is a mix of, of prospects and, and, uh, and uh, major league depth. And, you know, look, we, we have a couple extra roster spots. Um, you've, we've got some players with some outs at the end of spring. So if guys take outs, we'll, we'll uh, you know, you can change your roster over, uh, a little bit here, a little bit there, but that doesn't mean you're not going to add a guy a little later um, just to maximize those spots. It's it's where we are right now. We're visiting with Reds Vice President and General Manager Nick Crawl. We'll continue to talk with Nick a little bit more when we return. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, presented by Dinsmore, is now open. Visit redsmuseum.org to plan your visit and purchase tickets today. And starting this weekend... Get your free Glenn Braggs bobblehead with regular price paid admission Saturdays and Sundays in July. We continue on the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF next on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. With Jim Day, I'm Tommy Thrawn. We're joined by Reds Vice President and General Manager Nick Crawl, and we're talking about the upcoming season. Of course, it is a 60-game schedule. The DH is going to be implemented in both leagues, so it's universal this year. Uh, Nick, when you look at the, the new rules that are in place, whether it's the roster, the schedule itself, the DH, there's, there's a lot of other rules as well. How do you feel like that affects the Reds? Do you think it's more of an advantage this season for the way this team's built, or is it more of an obstacle? Um, you know, look, I think that, that different rules are going to help you. Different rules are going to hurt you. And I think that's going to be the case for anybody. 
Um, I, I wouldn't say that, oh, this is definitely going to help us over, you know, the, the Cardinals or the Brewers right now. Or, you know, the, the, this one here, the Cubs, are, oh, man, that's going to be really tough for us to overcome. Look, I think you just got to figure out what those rules are, how they affect your club, and, and, and move forward. I think that, you know, look, we feel good about some of the hitters we brought in um, this offseason and, and uh, you know, how they can complement and we can try to get them all in the lineup now with that extra spot uh, with the DH. Um, you know, with the three batter minimum, uh, you know, allows you to set your lineup a little different, but uh, just with you can stack three or uh, you could uh, mix and match the lefties and righties and, and do a lot of different things. You're going to see David Bell uh, work a lot through his lineups uh, this year with trying to just maximize the, the amount of, uh, of, of run production he has in that lineup and, and uh, go from there. Designated hitter, on first glance, you would think, okay, you've got a, a, a log jam in the outfield that we talked about before the universal DH came into effect here in 2020. Uh, you would naturally think, okay, maybe you'll mix it up between a Castellanos or a Winker, et cetera. But you could also use this for off days for other guys, that's, uh, at least in the field, like Votto, Suarez. Do you feel like you have enough versatility to mix it in the DH, uh, mix it around? Yeah, you've got guys that can play all over the outfield. Um, you know, you've got Sunzel and, and uh, Akiyama that can play center. You've got uh, a handful of guys that can play the corners. You can, you know, mix and match uh, right-handed, left-handed. Um, you've got some guys that can, in the infield that can play different positions and then have played different positions. So I, I feel really good about being able to give guys days off if they need a day off. And, you know, maybe not a day off, but they, they DH instead. Uh, we've done that a lot uh, over the last few years where, you know, you, you go to an American League city, uh, you give Joey a day off, you give uh, Gino a day off, and, 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 you know, you get them off their feet from uh, playing the field one day, but it also keeps them in the lineup, keeps them engaged, and, and keeps their bat in the lineup. So, um, look, I think there's a lot of different ways you can, you can, uh, you can go about this, but yeah, I feel good with uh, the players we have and, and, uh, and, and the players we're going to run out there this year. Speaking of the, the, this the roster this year uh, i i feel like with a shortened schedule that that this team as good as the lineup could be uh we get asked it a lot is how does the schedule affect this year's team i feel like it's still a pitching dominated team i still feel like that's the strength of this team so when you look at the rotation uh how ready are those guys to start the season it seems like based on conversations we've had with either catchers or some of the guys that that are in the rotation most of them if not all have done a pretty good job of staying game ready how prepared do you feel like the starters and the pitchers are to to get this season started I, I feel pretty good based on the reports we're getting from, from either the pitchers or the uh, uh, pitching coaches. Um, you know, I think you're always going to have a, oh, there's a little bit different uh, mindset when you're working out at home versus when you come in and you're facing live hitters and there's a competition uh, aspect in mind. So um, I, look, I think that our guys are going to come in and they're going to tell us where they are, uh, you know, with their first couple days and, and you know, their bodies are going to show, uh, what kind of shape they're in. I think they are in pretty good shape, and I think they are pretty well advanced at this point from uh, where they could have been. So I'm very pleased with that, and hopefully uh, you know, that, gets, that gets our starting group uh, off on the right foot and you know, we're able to be full go right out of the chute. Your internal meetings during this downtime, I know you guys and you talked about all the Zoom calls and met on a pretty much daily basis. And all your, I imagine you've come up with a 1,000 contingency plans on length of season and different scenarios as far as pitching goes 
uh, in the rotation. Uh, there's been talk of some teams maybe going with a six-man rotation, some flirting with four. Uh, Trevor Bauer said he would love to pitch every fourth day. Uh, do you guys have a strategy as how you're, you're going to have a five-man rotation? Are you going to mix and match? Are we going to see a roster filled with some long relievers early on? Uh, can you give us some insight in that regard? Yeah, I think it's going to, uh, you know, like I just said, I think a lot of that's going to depend on where everybody is. If everybody is, if everybody is healthy and full go at the start of the season, I think, you know, you've got to, you're going to see, you know, just a normal rotation uh, go out there. And I think that you can use, you can use a lot of people in, in, in different roles. Um, you know, whether it's uh, you're, you're, you're keeping an extra long guy and, and you can get a guy out of the game shorter if needed, or, um, you know, you, you can, Put piece, piece together a couple uh, one inning guys and and uh, and shorten the game from there. Um, you can let a guy go a little longer here, a little longer there. I I, th- I think you're gonna you're gonna depend on the uh, the next couple days, uh, you know, probably next week or so, just depending on how hey how does everything feel when you're throwing to hitters? How does everything feel? Uh, you know, with a couple up downs, um, and then you're gonna have a better sense of of where everybody is in about a week. We're talking about the makeup of the uh, 60-man roster. You talked about having some open spots. One guy that was notably left off of that group, and I know you've talked about it some, but it would, Derek Dietrich is, is, not, uh, is not part of that group. Uh, what went into that decision? Yeah, look, I, I think you know, we, we looked at the roster and, and where we are, and, and we left some open spots. Um, in, just because somebody was left off a roster to, uh, today, or Sunday for that matter, doesn't mean that person could be added, you know, in, in a week or so, you know, when, when you, uh, when you sort some stuff out as we work through some roster flexibility issues. So, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, for right now, I think we, we did leave Derek off and, and, uh, but that doesn't mean that we couldn't add him down the line. As far as the minor leagues go, it's officially no minor league season. You, we talked about some prospects being sprinkled into camp. Uh, is there anything, I know you've been dealing with a lot of logistical problems on the major league level, but do you know of any plans involving minor leaguers this fall, or at least top prospects, to try to keep them sharp? No, I think Major League Baseball is trying to work on that right now and, and trying to, you know, obviously the first priority is, is with, the, uh, with the major leagues getting those up and running. Um, but I, we've, we've, we've heard bits and pieces, but uh, nothing concrete at this point. Uh, well, I, I know that uh, it seems like the group that, especially the group in, at Prasco that will be training up there seems to be very prospect heavy. So those guys will be getting in some work. And Nick, I think we're all ready to see some baseball again. So thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, good luck this season, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Thanks, Tommy. I'll see you guys soon. All right. Take care. That is Nick Crawl, Vice President and General Manager for the Reds. The Reds Community Fund is running the first of two split-the-pot jackpots to benefit the Urban League of Greater Southwestern Ohio. One lucky fan will win 50% of the net proceeds from each jackpot. Tickets are available at Reds5050.com. Must be 18 or older and in the state of Ohio to purchase. We continue on the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network next. Continue on the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. You can catch the uh, Reds Classic Game of the Week Friday. That's Friday, July the 3rd. And this week's game 
is Pete Rose's record-breaking hit, number 4192, back on September 11, 1985. Of course, you know all about it. You can hear it locally here in Cincinnati on WSAI Fox Sports AM 1360. And if you're elsewhere around Reds country listening to us, stations all throughout the Reds radio network will be carrying it. Again, that'll be at 7 o'clock this Friday. We continue now with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks for joining us. And we're joined now by Jeff Head, the Reds Senior Director of Health and Performance. And Jeff, thanks so much for carving some time out uh, to join us today. I'm sure this has been a pretty busy time for you as you try to get everything in place and, and these protocols that you have to follow through MLB's directive. And I'm sure there's things that you guys are doing as well in addition to that to make all of this work and to fill us, uh, facilitate everything. What's this, what's this all been like for you to keep guys healthy and uh, make sure that, that everybody's ready to go for the season? Oh, well, thank you very much for having me as well. And um, it's definitely been an incredible challenge, but I say that in a good way. You know, we all are in a position of, you know, a sharp learning curve of a global pandemic that most of us have uh, never experienced in our lifetime. But it has been a nonstop effort from everyone within the Reds organization through Major League Baseball, through our government officials and local health experts to do everything we possibly can to learn um, and put in the best protocols in place to help keep our players um, and staff and our communities in a healthy and safe position to be able to play baseball. And um, we're really looking forward to it. But, yeah, it's certainly been uh, an incredible effort and incredible amount of work that's gone in from everybody during this uh, challenging time. I'm sure the playbook is very, very long for all these protocols. Um, can you give a, an overview, if possible, of what the protocol, the main protocols for the players are and the biggest concerns that you have as a health and performance uh, director? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, product, the playbook, as you said, is, is very thick. You know, it's over, it's over 100 pages long in terms of the all-encompassing efforts that need to go into being able to do this uh, healthily and safely for everyone involved, which is the number one effort. But a big part of this right now that we're going through currently is doing just general intake screening. You know, we have players coming in from across the globe, not just across the United States. You know, we have a really great diversity of players and staff members in our organization. And what we're set to do right now is ensure that, you know, they're traveling safely, uh, that their means of getting here to Cincinnati are they have all of the education they need to be protecting themselves and protecting others so that they can arrive safely. And then we're taking them through a full battery of, uh, you know, detailed testing protocols, you know, looking and utilizing our physician, looking and utilizing all of the available testing to be able to ensure that they arrive safe and that they are healthy before we are able to then begin to integrate them into our clubhouse space and out onto our fields. We'll definitely be doing our due diligence on a daily basis. You know, every single morning we wake up, we're going to be doing symptom scoring. We're going to be doing temperature taking. We're going to be ensuring that we wake up in a healthy position. And then uh, upon arrival to the field, we'll be doing another um, intake questionnaire and symptom screening to ensure, again, that by the time they've arrived to the ballpark, uh, they show up in a spot of, and we show up in a spot of being healthy before coming in. And then 
a lot of the basic principles are going to apply to be able to come into the spaces that we interact in and then going out onto the field, which is, you know, what we call scrub in and scrub out. That's going to be washing your hands and disinfecting your hands and um, diligently be, you know, so that you don't bring in anything from the outside into the intimate clubhouse spaces that we interact in. We'll then be, you know, asking our players and staff to be socially distancing. We have a, had a ton of staff members, you know, doing a lot of legwork to prepare a very healthy and safe environment by spreading out lockers, you know, skipping lockers over to make sure that there's appropriate spacing in between people. We'll be making sure that in indoor spaces or close quarter spaces, we'll be wearing masks, um, you know, and providing all of the personal protective equipment or the PPEs that any player or staff would need in certain situations where, you know, we need to be able to protect ourselves. And, um, you know, those are a lot of the general overview principles that uh, we're being asked as a society to adhere to and follow that we'll also be asking our players and staff to be adhering to and following, you know. And there's going to be very strict regimented testing, regular testing to ensure that we are keeping, you know, our players and staff healthy. And then if there is someone that would, you know, experience the unfortunate scenario of being exposed or, you know, having tested positive to the coronavirus, we have a, another slew of protocols for ensuring that all those around them, you know, get adequate testing and are safe and um, can return to the ballpark so that we can minimize any potential further spreading of it and then have a ton of, you know, doctors and and staff on hand that are prepared for, you know, worst-case scenarios of how to help best care for those that could be impacted by it during this season. Um, along those lines as well, outside of the season was a really unique part of health and performance leading up to this, which is, you know, players shutting down in the middle of the spring training and going back home to, you know, gyms and training facilities that were completely closed down as well. And when you have a short ramp up of a spring training to get ready to compete at the highest level and we're here, you know, committed to win and playing at the very highest level, we also had to be very creative and giving them remote workouts and being really unique and creative in how to keep them in physical shape and keep them in mental shape and condition to be able to show up and ready to compete because it's not just the, you know, virus concerns that we have. As those are the most predominant concerns, but then we also have significant concerns of keeping players healthy and injury-free on the field, uh, which is just as much a component of having a you know, effective season this year. So there's a lot that's going into it, but I feel really confident as a Red that we have so many great staff and passionate staff to make this as healthy and safe for not just us, but the community and the communities we'll be involved in. And I think everything is coming together really nicely here as we're getting close to reporting again. No question. We're visiting with Jeff Head, the Senior Director of Health and Performance for the Reds. And, uh, Jeff, I know the, the testing has been the nasal swab. Is that the same testing that the players will have to do on a regular basis? It's it's slightly uncomfortable, or have they come up with a better way? Uh, we also have a, a PCR test that's going to be done very, very regularly that can be done saliva-based with spit. So it's, uh, you know, not quite as un uncomfortable as the uh, nasal swab, which definitely is uncomfortable but we also can utilize saliva and we have really great laboratories and we have really uh, high level approved tests uh, to make sure you know it's valid and uh, we'll be doing those more frequently um, and then we have you know the expedited tests you know rapid tests that we'll be using 
And we'll also be uh, getting into antibody testing on a less frequent basis to see how, you know, all of our antibodies are responding to potential exposures. Uh, so we'll be monitoring and testing in a slew of different uh, fashions to make sure that it's valid and that we're uh, on top of any potential concerns in that field. Will the antibody oh. testing, if, if guys test positive for the antibodies, do they still have to do the regular testing after that? Yeah, no, you, you do, and that's part of the, you know, uh, need to continue to learn and understand about this new coronavirus is, um, you know, there could be different strands of it and there could be different, you know, uh, opportunities to, um, you know, be exposed again. And so because of that, you want to continue to test frequently and ensure that although you might have, well, you know, some positive antibodies that uh, you're doing everything you can to continue to test and ensure everyone stays safe and that there's not any concern of, you know, anything else coming back around the corner. Very interesting. Jeff Head, our guest, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, I appreciate it, and we really look forward to the season ahead, and hope you guys are doing great as well. Thanks so much. That is Jeff Head. We're back with Charlie Frank. This is the Reds Hot Stove League on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. I'm Tommy Thrawn. We're joined now by the Reds Executive Director of the Reds Community Fund, Charlie Frank. And, Charlie, thanks so much for being on. And, and boy, this has been such a weird year for so many, uh, pretty much for everybody. Everybody's been impacted one way or another, and I'm sure this year has impacted the Reds Community Fund. It has. You know, uh, just going back to opening day, our charity block parties become part of the fabric of the the whole opening day experience, and it's a tremendous fundraiser for us. We had a $100,000 guaranteed jackpot scheduled uh, for opening day. So that, that is, uh, you know, first and foremost, our, our biggest single day of revenue of the year and so many of our revenue streams this year. This should have been a record year for us with this terrific roster and big crowds expected at Great American Ballpark and um, a number of Reds uh, veterans and players uh, scheduled to make uh, donations to our efforts and you know all of that basically is on hold and a lot of our fundraising events have been on hold so with all that has come a much uh, more difficult time trying to do our work of serving uh, the underserved when it comes to baseball softball and education so we've we've got a tremendous staff and we've found creative ways to stay very active virtually and otherwise but uh, it has definitely been a difficult year, to say the least. Well, I want to get into some of the, the, the new efforts that you guys have come up with to, to try to help the Reds Community Fund and, and raise money. Uh, but before we get into that, for those that might not be all that familiar about what you guys do at the Community Fund, give us a quick synopsis on, on what all you guys are involved in and, and just how important this this is. Well, you know, Tommy, we are very unique when it comes to the nonprofit sports space and that we really are focused exclusively on, on youth baseball and softball. So, you know, not only do we do so because of the 150-plus years uh, of history and legacy in our region, but really because our industry is at a crossroads. You know, the, the median age of the uh, Major League Baseball fan is, is older than other leagues. The number of kids playing the game, I think, as we could all attest, you know, on, on street corners and, uh, and vacant lots has dropped dramatically over the last, you know, generation or two. So, you know, we are really focused on growing the game, on getting the kids connected to the game. We believe 
with every fiber in our collective being that kids just aren't exposed to it at a young age. And if you don't know something, when you get to the junior high or high school level, you're not going to want to do something that, you know, you're not familiar with or not, not good at. Uh, and a lot of kids just don't get that early exposure to baseball. So, so much of what we do is trying to get the game to kids, whether it's during the spring and summer through our RBI program or through the, uh, the many programs offered at our Reds Youth Academy, or whether it is, you know, in the school districts. And, we, you know, we're, we're in a baseball program called Fun at Bat, which tries to teach baseball and softball and diamond sports at a, you know, five to ten years of age level. So kids are learning it in gym class, literally in their schools, and then we're hoping that that translates into them joining teams at the end of the school year. So we're very intentional about that, not just coming to a Reds game and being a part of, you know, a one-day event, but really playing on a team and experiencing what is so great about baseball and why it's still the best game to play. So many tremendous initiatives involved in the Reds Community Fund. We're visiting with Charlie Frank. And, Charlie, I want to uh, talk about something that you have going on right now. And uh, time's winding down on this new Reds 50-50 raffle. Tell us about what's going on with this. Well, you know, for the second year, we have been able to offer an online experience for our Split the Pot fundraiser. And this has been not just for the Reds, but for many teams throughout sports. It's become one of the most consistent revenue streams, you know, for a lot of sports nonprofits. And it's been in this market, you know, forever. But we just last year launched Reds5050.com, which allows you to play our Split the Pot, whether you're at Great American Ballpark or not. All you have to do is be 18 years of age or older and in the state of Ohio at the time that you play, and you can participate. So that also gives us the opportunity to do some fundraising when the Reds aren't playing. And we, we rolled this out last June after the devastating tornadoes hit Dayton, Ohio. And in a two-game Reds-Indian series, uh, with help from some of our media partners, we were able to raise close to $20,000 for the you know, Dayton Foundation for their tornado relief efforts. So we realized that it, it didn't take that much to do good work uh, on behalf of other nonprofits that, that were in need. So, you know, we've seen other teams begin this effort for uh, for COVID-19 response, the Indians, the Royals, the Diamondbacks, among others. But it really wasn't until the last month uh, on the heels of, of the social movement locally and, and throughout the country that we felt, okay, now's the time we need to, we need to get something going. So we partnered with the Urban League of Greater Southwestern Ohio uh, as a salute to them because they're doing great work, not just in terms of their COVID-19 response, but also uh, as much as anyone when it comes to, uh, you know, really trying to affect uh, those that aren't getting the resources that they need in the minority community. So when it comes to education, when it comes to employment services, um, study on police reform, uh, the Urban League is a leader here. And we figured that by partnering with them, we could, you know, say that we were trying to do something to help in terms of the virus response and in terms of the social movement. Uh, running short on time, but Charlie, now that things are starting to open up, I, I know that the Youth Academy does a lot of camps. They host camps. Uh, it, are, are some of those starting to start back up again now? Yeah, Tommy, our Reds baseball camps uh, have a completely revamped model with social distancing, uh, a max of 50 people total, kids and coaches, uh, a lot of other changes to keep them safe, and they will return – uh, both at the academy and at Harrison High School the week of Monday, July 13th. And we'll have, uh, you know, roughly a five-week period where we're trying to get in uh, a total of, of 10 camps. 
uh, at different locations. You know, folks can go to reds.com slash camps for more information. You can go to reds.com slash academy to hear what's going on at our fabulous youth academy. And again, reds5050.com uh, to support the Urban League of Greater Southwestern Ohio through Friday is our first two-week jackpot for our Split the Pot program. Excellent. Thanks so much, Charlie. Always great to chat with you. Tommy, great to hear your voice as well. Can't wait to hear even more of you soon. <laughs> you, you and I both, and uh, it, it, <laughs> I think we're all excited to get baseball started. Thanks so much. That is Charlie Frank, the executive director of the Reds Community Fund. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. That's all the time we have for today. That does it for the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. Big thanks to Reds Vice President and General Manager Nick Crawl for stopping by. Also Senior Director of Health and Performance Jeff Head. The Executive Director of the Reds Community Fund, Charlie Frank. And for Jim Day, this is Tommy Thrall. Also a big thanks to the Broadcast Sheriff, Dave Keaton, for keeping us in line today. Have a good Fourth of July holiday, and we'll talk to you again next week on the Reds Radio Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.